Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are at this very moment when you're hearing this. It's actually still morning for me. But as if you can tell by my voice, I've had one hell of a night. Now, not that kind of night. I haven't had one of those, you know, out late, binging, drinking, kind of weird Vegas night. I have a five-year-old who unfortunately fractured her growth plate in her right ankle at gymnastics. Any parents out there know how that feels? So I got six kids and I very seldom go through a week like that as I watch two Beautiful boys going by with their mom. They look terrific outside the glass here at the wind. But wow, what a night. Wow. It's just hard. It's just hard when the little ones get hurt. It really is. When they get older, and because they don't know what they're feeling. They don't know what kind of pain they're in. So I'm going to try and uh, give you blood today. I've had one hell of a night. Essentially, there is a lot to talk about. There's a lot to talk about, especially with Major League Soccer starting and the Champions League back underway. I'll, I'll get into that. Bayern, let's just say it now. I apologize to everybody in Austria. It's my fault. I didn't think you had a shot in hell against Bayern, but you did. Actually, you should have won the game. You should have made it 2-0 in the 79th minute. But if it weren't for Coman, then, then this game is a win for Austria. It's a huge win. Now, last week, or actually earlier this week, I was under the impression that when you watched Bayern struggle at Bochum and lose that game, Usually they respond. There's an immediate response. And some of the things coming out of their camp, you, very seldom do you see a Byron player say anything critical of the brass. They never say this isn't Byron. Or they're the coach, maybe some of the guys that are sitting up in the stands in the suits. Those guys, those guys usually are people that you um, you just bow down to and you get on with your work. But, you know, when you go to Bochum, I mean, a lot of people don't know this, but that's actually, it's a friendship partnership that Bochum and Byron have. It's always been there. It was one of the, you know, if you watch Bayern and the way they do their business, they're always the helping hand. When other teams start to have financial difficulty, they understand that it's in the, in the best interest of the entire league for everybody to flourish. So we've seen this in the past. We've, you know, if you've paid attention to some of those transfers, whether that be Mario Kotze or Lewandowski, or, you know, Matt's almost going back and forth. Uh, those kind of uh, moves are really insertions of cash to allow teams to continue to uh, to stay on the right path. And that is sometimes the case with Bochum because they are our friendship partners. So, But to lose to them the way they did, it was at 1.4 to 1, and it looked like you know Thomas Rice, who's an ex-teammate of mine, uh, the manager over there, had really figured it out. They really did have a couple of goals that, that normally don't happen. That's just not the way you get scored on. Or, they, you know, you don't really have a guy put in the upper 90 twice in the same half. But... It was a punch in the face to Byron. And I thought, I thought with that 100 and, what was it, 187 kilometers, just a little northeast of Byron, you'd take a little bus ride up there to kick some ass. And that didn't happen at all. It was not the case. And the American, Brendan Aronson, actually had a pretty good game. He gets the assist. If you saw the game, you could say, all right, you know, kind of an excuse me assist, but still a pretty good performance. Terry Henry actually had some nice things to say about the American as well. So that was nice to see. That was nice to see. Talking about the, the Champions League in, in general, some of the results didn't surprise. The only one that really surprised was this a blip number two in a week for Bayern. But if you look at the other results, Man City is just on a different plane right now. They go to sporting and just take care of business 5-0. So that one's over. So you can, uh, you know, basically, let's forget about sporting. They're done. You lose. Good day, sir. I mean, it's, it's funny because most of the, the information coming out of Manchester right now is uh, wonderful result, Pep, but are you going to overthink it again? That's pretty much what everybody says. A poor guy, man, he's 
He's got him, you know, almost double digits of a lead in the EPL. Because that wonderful result, and then everybody's still blasting away saying, uh, well, are you going to overthink it again? Because he does have a tendency to do that. When he was with Bayern, he made some mistakes. Uh, maybe if you remember this, he went man versus man, one-on-one. It became a famous moment for Boateng, who almost fell into a coffin right there on the field. But it was the, the idea was that you could, you could mark Neymar, Messi, and Suarez. Just man mark him without any extra help. I just don't think that was a good idea. I don't know how he convinced himself that that was going to be a good idea, but it clearly didn't work out. I remember I was in the stadium in Bayern when Real Madrid just smashed them 4-0. Just absolutely ripped their heart out. And that was that was tough to watch. So let's let's pay attention. I pay attention to this stuff because all those boards are right down the hallway here at the win. Or you can go to the sports book and see what all the numbers are. And right now, Man City is climbing the charts as far as the, you know, the, the favorite to win the Champions League now. Liverpool got a great result. They really did. They, they really did. To, to go to, to Milan, Inter is a team that's, that's not in the best of form, one would say. Zaghi is struggling a bit with that squad, but still, I thought that, that would have been a better game. It was 0-0, I mean, well into the 70th minute, I think, before Mo Salah got the second one. But this was a, yeah, look, this was a game where, where Liverpool really really got to show what they're all about. Firmino gets the first one and then and Mo Salah gets the second one. And a 2-0 result, away result, is really uh, put them in the driver's seat as well. To, to eliminate, and I would say eliminate, enter from the competition that, that quickly to make that second tie not uh, as relevant, if you will. It's not going to be the focus of anybody's attention uh, moving forward. And I don't think Salzburg really is going to put much of a fight when they have to make the short trip over to Bayern as well. Bayern will get them at home. And one-to-one, it's a phenomenal result. It could have been 2-0 if you watch the game. That would have made things tricky. But I do think there will be... Uh, Lewandowski is going to find the back of the net a few times uh, in that, in that uh, second go-around. We don't get to see Chelsea or Juventus for a while. They're, they won't be out at it until next week. But we did get to see... And let's just say it. I mean... I, it needs to be said. If you watched PSG versus Real Madrid, one of the, the things that you're starting to notice with someone like Lionel Messi is he can't run away from people anymore. He can't. There's always that moment where you, you start to see it. You know, I think we, we've had a couple of moments like that with Ronaldo where he's been tired or the games were just fast and furious and, and, he, and he looked a little heavy-legged and he, he wasn't able to perform the same way that we've seen him in the past because he's freaking well into his 30s. I mean, that's a big part of it. But in this particular game, in those moments where we're used to have, you know, it used to be the case that Messi could slip back in the midfield, pick up the ball and just go. And, and you have to take a swipe at him because you know that he's going to outrun you. He was getting caught on almost every occasion, whether it was Casemiro, it didn't even matter who was chasing him. They were going to catch him. And it, it altered his decision-making process because he couldn't get in front of anybody anymore. I'm actually quite sad to make that observation because it's always sad. It's always sad when you see a rock star get a little bit over the hill, you know, and it can't hit the notes anymore. And you say to yourself, oh man, that's okay. That's okay. It's just for nostalgic reasons, you forgive him. Like Lou Graham, for example, for a foreigner. I mean, what a voice, right? He can't do it anymore. I mean, I'm not likening the two, but the, the reality is, is that, that uh, I think it's finally, it's, it's, you know, when they have that little over the hill idea, Messi's just, uh, he's on the way down. Now, is he still going to have magical moments? Yes. Has it been eye-opening for a lot of us to see him struggle in the French 
league? Maybe. But, you know, the way they finished off the game, they relied on the people that you would expect them to rely on, and that's Mbappe. Mbappe was phenomenal. And let's just say it out loud, best player in the world right now. I don't know if there's anybody even close. There's a lot of great players out there. Mosala is, is someone that we'll always put in that conversation, but for whatever reason, we nobody can get their arms around the idea that he could be the best in the world. It's not because he didn't win African Cup of Nations. Or did, that, that has nothing to do with it. His track record has been unreal over the last three years. It's just, just too many people that yeah, when you look at how these things are laid out, it's always been the case. Unfortunately for Messi, the narrative has always been, okay, you won the, the Copa America, which put him in a different spotlight. Now, now it was like, okay, he won a big trophy. But up to this point, he's fighting against the ghost of Diego Armando Maradona, who won the World Cup. And then subsequently, the next go in 1990, took him all the way to the final with Canizia. And they, they came up short. You may all remember Klinsman took a dive. Brahim hit it with his weaker foot and won nothing. Final score. Jurgen, I'm not saying he took a dive. That was actually a foul, but you, you made the most of it. Good job. You won, a, you won your country a World Cup. We're kind of loud. Anyway, but the point is, is Maradona back to back. And then when he came into 94, it came out of the gates against Nigeria, you might remember, with a, a phenomenal performance. And then it was him running into the camera and sticking his face. <laughs> and then, of course, the way his entire life went, there was something that he was eliminated from the competition for testing positive. I guess it was, I, I, I don't know what, if they were really enhancing drugs, but there was something that fell into that category. It's probably Sudafed. Who knows? But we will always do that. We'll say Messi's never won the World Cup. And that's why you can't say he's the greatest player ever. But what do we do about Mbappe if he keeps going like this? He's already got a World Cup. He's his first try. He wins the World Cup. For those of you who are really history buffs, you'll remember how Maradona left the World Cup in 82. In 82 in Spain, it's an infamous game against, against Brazil where he, go back and watch it. I mean, I mean, in the modern day, if you do that, I don't know. You're out for six months. Horrible red card. I used to love watching Golay. Golay was a, uh, a video of the 82 World Cup and it was narrated by Sean Connery. Go look it up. If you're, if you're really, some great stuff in there. Cameroon's inclusion to the you know the first World Cup and the way that they the way those pictures and the video of the the game Italy versus Argentina when Gentile kicked the hell out of Maradona. Ironically, his name is Gentile, which is gentle, which he certainly wasn't. I think he shaved his mustache for the final. Now, I have one of my favorite goal scoring uh, celebrations in the final as well. When it comes to comes to the Italians and and a funny you know piece of that, I remember being back at the Bernabeu and. Thinking back as a child, as I watched, uh, as I watched the, those old videos and finally realizing that, oh, I, this is where a lot of that stuff happened. Pretty cool. But look, Mbappe is the real deal. He gets the goal at the end. It's, it's just one of those things that you can try and stop this guy. You can try to contain him. You look at the, the comments from Ancelotti. He basically said, you know, we tried everything. We tried everything. We just, we could not, we could not stop him. And in the end, they lose the game basically do the one moment of brilliance. But there was a couple of moments in there, but Mbappe right now is the best soccer player on the planet. You got to be able to say it out loud. There's so many people that, that, that will fight that. And I, and I, and I, you know, some of their motivations just, it's bothersome because where he is right now in his life, I think he's creeping up on, I think he just turned 23. And you look at, at, at how far that he can test, if he stays healthy and is he going to make the big move? It reports this morning were that uh, PSG has now prepared a contract 
for $500,000 a week. And all they're doing, actually, in my opinion, is I don't think they're putting Real Madrid out of it. Real Madrid will always figure out a way to find the money. I think they will. I think they'll figure out a way. But does he go? And that's, that's the hard part in all this. And you, you watch Byron and you say to yourself, I mean, how great would Kingsley Coman be if he didn't happen to be French? I mean, he didn't have to sit behind the best winger in the world. Or maybe just flip sides, get on the right side. I went back just the other day and I, and I started to re-watch the French team. And even guys like Olivier Giroud or Griezmann, I still have Conte and Pogba. And you look at that locker room and Loris is a great goalkeeper. Favardes scored a great goal in the last World Cup. What a team. And you talk about golden generation. And he's right in the middle of that. Who's to say that France can't figure it out again? Because they very well could. And Pogba plays a lot different. A lot different. He's, a lot, he's, he's accepted uh, in that group. Because what will happen is a player like Mbappe wins two World Cups in a row. It's over. It's over. We will not even discuss the fact that Ronaldo was as great as he was. And I think we've been, and, and Messi as well. And that the problem with that is we don't realize how blessed we were for the last decade to watch two of the best players to ever lace them up do their thing, and to be rivals. So I'm older, but I remember when I was growing up, I used to love the fights. I used to love Sugar Ray Leonard because he was a showman, but he had to get past Hagler and Hearns and Roberto Duran. And those, that little circle made those fights amazing. And they'll all tell you as competitors and athletes that they made each other better. And that's how that works. When you have somebody you're as good as you are. Let's say you're Ronaldo and every day you're picking up the paper in the same country back then. And you pick up the paper every day and you got to read about what he did. And somewhere, there's a commercial in there somewhere. There certainly is. But anyway, I'm, I'm excited about it. I think I mean, we start to look forward to what Chelsea has in front of them. That's the other one that's up on the board down, the, down in the, uh, the sports book that a lot of people are believing that Chelsea might be able to do what no one's really been able to do is to do it two years in a row. That's probably the most difficult task. Juventus is, I love it when we get to watch our Americans participate in this thing because we, we essentially we were looking at it. We saw Aronson yesterday and you know, Pulisic might get some moments on the 22nd against Lille. And guess what? He's playing against Wea. So I get two. I love that. I mean, I watch all these games and I will admit when I really am, if I'm being honest about Brendan Aronson, have I watched him in league play? No, I just haven't. I haven't watched him play in the Austrian league. It's just not something that I've been interested in. I apologize, but I'll watch the Bundesliga. So when I get a game, that's why I know I've, I've seen Scali play a lot. I've seen Brooksy play a lot. And of course, Tyler Adams. So I've, I've got to watch those games. And, you know, Pepe recently and Richards as well. I love it when I get two in the same game. That's when it makes it fun for me. And that's what the February 22nd represents when you get Chelsea and Lille. But then you also have Juventus and Villarreal. So guess what? Here we go again. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool that our players, our U.S. internationals, are participating in the Champions League. On the Wednesday schedule, I haven't even mentioned this yet. I still think Ajax is a sleeper, man. I do. I just think, I think the world of the club, and if you go back to last year, was it two years ago, with it just, just mantling Real Madrid, they're real. They're real. They got some players in there, and they can, they can cause some problems. They got Benfica on the Wednesday, the 23rd, and then Atletico Madrid gets Manchester United. And if you've ever been to Madrid to see that stadium, to see that cauldron, that's not a fun place for Ralph Reinick and his gang. Who, by the way, the other day did get another win. It was a 2-0. I've made jokes. I apologize for joking about it, but I just don't think that a Ralph Reinick team is ever going to score three goals in a game. 
And if they do, it's going to be because there's a red card and against Brighton, which is a, which is a, a pretty damn good team on Tuesday. They got the two nothing win. Ronaldo finally gets back on the scoreboard. That was good to see. They did have the red card. I think it was, oh, how can I forget that guy? Lewis Dunk got the red card. I hope I'm right about that. I'm going on memory right now. And then Bruno Fernandes made a bins for his miss the other day and got a, got a late one. So uh, Manchester United is still in the mix now. If you really, if you, if, with everything going on and all the disgruntled fans and whatnot, the last five games in league play, they have not lost. Okay, they've got three wins and two ties. Now, have they been pretty? No. Is West Ham starting to fall off a little bit? Yes. Is Arsenal have? Arsenal had a horrible January. It's trying to get it figured out now. But Chelsea, Liverpool, and Manchester City are the are the teams to chase. Chelsea only has one blip on their screen. Manchester City is one tie out of five. The rest are wins, of course, and that's the same with Liverpool. So as long as Liverpool and Man City stay in form, I think it's. It's not even a two-horse race. It's a one-horse race. It's just a matter of Man City. Can they stay healthy and finish? Do they get too bombarded by the Champions League schedule and end up faltering in league play? That's the only hope you have if you're Liverpool. Or Chelsea, for that matter. They're just too far ahead. I got a nine-point lead on Liverpool. And what is it now? It's got to be like 13. 13 on Chelsea. But, back to Manchester United... It's not acceptable to be 20 points behind your noisy neighbors, but they're, they're hanging tight in fourth. And, you know, whether you want to say that's unacceptable or not, what, everything they've been through this year, they'll settle for fourth. They'll settle for the money and they'll settle for a pretty busy schedule next year. And that's, that's totally acceptable, in my opinion. Is Ryan Nick still going to be there? I will still contend, no, he will not. He will not be there. All right, let me catch you up a little bit on the, uh, the CONCACAF Champions League because it, it was a great result for uh, NYCFC. Montreal, not so good, but the 2-0 victory is a great start. You know, I saw the comments coming out of their camp. Uh, I just call him Coach Ronnie, but he, naked Ronnie, takes his clothes off when they win big trophies. So I'm actually hoping to see a, a grown man naked again. That's kind of weird. But to start off, to say you're confident going in and then to deliver, pretty cool. Pretty cool. Montreal, not so, not so fortunate. That's a tough trip. Lyon got the win. Cruz Azul got a win. Pumas, unfortunately, tied, which makes things really interesting. Colorado gets at it today. So unfortunately for both Colorado and Seattle, they got a tough trip, man. They got to go to Central America. That's never, I'm not saying that they hate going down there, but it's a tough trip. It's a tough trip. So they've got Comunicaciones, which is a trip down to Guatemala. Matagua, I can't say it. I apologize. But Seattle's got to go down to, to Honduras. So look, it's not going to make it, it's not going to make it easy. You got to go down there and get a result. I actually, I'm, I'm, I'm always rooting for Robin Frazier. I like Robin Frazier. But the way this thing is all panning out, it's, it's going to be, you're going to have to beat a Mexican team, in my opinion, if you're going to get into the semifinals. And it'll probably, you know, it's Seattle's got to probably get past Leon. And Colorado's got to get, well, they're going to get Seattle or Leon, looks like, in my opinion. And then New England's on the other side of the bracket. And they actually have already advanced. I mean, you talk about luck. I mean, I, I, mean, I love Bruce. I love, it's great. But he gets the forfeit? I mean, really? All that, I mean, there's a lot of planning that goes in that stuff. And you're working hard. You have a, you have a goal. You know, this is what we're doing. And he gets the forfeit. So now that team has already moved on. So New England has, has got themselves in the quarterfinals by default. And they'll, they'll wait to see uh, who their next opponent will be. And that'll be, I believe, that's that Pumas outcome. So if Pumas wins at home, that's not an easy one. And hopefully Josie Altador will be ready to go. 
All in all, though, most of the teams uh, starting to get ready for the start of their season. I took a stab at a couple of these guys. I, I You know what? I, I got some backlash there. I do have what called Winalda11.com. And uh, you, can, you can check that out if you want. It's really for coaches only. We did a coaches only webinar Tuesday night, which was great. It was great. And I would encourage anybody who's listening to this, if you, if you are a coach that is looking for a platform and or, I guess, a service provider, and that would be me, that you want to talk to about, I'm not trying to put you on a couch and be your, your psychologist here, but there's a lot of coaches out there who I believe that are going about this the wrong way. So we had a chance on Tuesday night to really dive in. And I took questions. We're going to do it again. I, I didn't, I was I put it on my Twitter. I said, this is something I've never done, but we really were interested in it. And some really cool ideas and some really cool conversations came out of that. So I'm looking forward to the next one. But and one, of the, one of the coolest things that's going to happen, and this is, I guess, a pseudo announcement right now. This is the first time that I've really done this, but here we go. I am going to be coaching in the Open Cup. For those of you who remember, I've had quite a history in this competition with lower division teams beating MLS sides. I think I'm the only guy. I don't know I, if that's really true. I think Colin Clark had a couple of victories over there in Carolina against uh, the Galaxy when, he, when they used to send Los Dos, meaning their, their second team. But I think I'm the only guy in the, uh, the last, I don't know, 100 years to beat three MLS teams with three different teams. I've done that at Lamar Hunt Open Cup. I did it in Atlanta. I did it with Cal FC, and I'm going to do it again. Yes, I'm predicting that I will advance past the first couple of the opposition will probably be USL 2 and then USL. I do know that, you know, I'm, I'm lying to you right now. I do know the, the which team I'm coaching and I do know who I'm playing against. So I might as well just out with it. On the 23rd, I will be coaching with the Las Vegas Legends, which is the NPSL champions right now. And we will be participating in uh, the NISA nation as well as the NPSL this year but we are building a team that was going to be very competitive in the Open Cup. And we're going to get the uh, Utah Red Wolves first, USL2, and then it looks like it's going to be a trip to, and we were hoping for Las Vegas lights. We didn't get them. We're going to get, we're going to get the New Mexico United. So, New Mexico, I'm coming for you. Well, I'm coming for you first, Utah. But I'm building a team, and I'm really looking forward to this, uh, this year's version or this, this competition because I love it. I love it. It really is an opportunity for, for young players to get their opportunity to play and to show what they're all about. You know, we've done it in the past. We've had guys that, that came literally out of nowhere and ended up, you know, playing eventually for their national teams. That's Derby Carrillo, Efron Burgos, Richie Menjivar. Those guys all got to play in the Gold Cup. And that's a wonderful accomplishment for those players because, you know, they were, they were told they weren't good enough for Major League Soccer or whatever. And, uh, and they you, you really used that platform uh, of the Lamar Hunt Open Cup to build their brands and to be able to build a career out of it. So we will be doing that again. And it will be the legends. I'm working with an old friend in uh, Jose Rivera, who, who you might remember from his days at uh, Chivas USA. Uh, I met him many years ago in Murcia Lagos, which is in Sinaloa down in Mexico, which is not really a, 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 you know, a place where you'd see a guy like me go down there. But if you research my history, I was the technical director of uh, Murcia Lagos for, uh, many years ago. It was really the, the genesis of all of this, where uh, uh, we were working with, with uh, a club that, that Jose was a part of, and um, we, we started to establish that relationship now. He's a wonderful coach, a wonderful person. 
Uh, he's getting to spend some time with his dad this week, which is really cool to see. He hadn't seen his dad for a couple of months, and, and dad's been coming out to practice. You know, the weather hasn't been really cooperating. It's been cold and damp and pretty windy. Windy last night, but uh, we are building a team. The two of us, along with Mayor Cohen, who is owner-operator of the Las Vegas Legends. And there you go. So now you know. I don't think we're going to make, I don't think it's necessary to make any press releases or anything of that nature, but I will say this. I'm extremely excited about the potential of this team. This team has some very talented players, and I've been saying this for a while. The reason why I came to Las Vegas in the first place was to see this city grow and to see it really capitalize on, on the talent pool that uh, exists here in Las Vegas. Because at times, and in my experience, I would say it's just as good, if not better, than what, what I've seen in Los Angeles. A lot of people say I'm crazy for saying that, but it's the truth. Las Vegas has unbelievable soccer talent. And it's very organized in the, in the sense that you have players that don't necessarily play in the club level, can't afford to play in the club level, who end up it's, it's some, in some way getting discovered. And that's really what I like to do. I like to discover these players who haven't really had that opportunity to play at the club level uh, or haven't been afforded that opportunity. And now through a platform like this, like the Lamar Hunt Open Cup, we can assemble a team that, in my opinion, could go toe-to-toe with any MLS side. Sounds crazy, right? Sounds absolutely outlandish. Well, coming from a guy who's done it before, I can tell you without hesitation that this team, not to build them up, the Legends, is better than anything that I've had in, in the NASL days with Atlanta and with Cal FC. So stay tuned there. That's going to be what I'm doing. Even though I can't get any damn sleep because my daughter and her situation... For those, if you're worried, if you're, if you're going back to the, the start of this, this podcast, she's going to be fine. She's five. They're made of rubber at that stage. I've learned this over the years. But uh, last night, tough night. That just the Advil just wasn't kicking in or the, uh, you know, the children's Tylenol, at least. And a, a fractured growth plate is not a fun thing. But she's five. She will recover. Listen, I'm out for the day. I got other stuff to do. Uh, I appreciate you uh, listening to us today regardless of how you found us through Spotify or uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, it's uh, always great to, to know that you've made me a part of your day. Pay attention to the uh, CONCACAF Champions League. That's, uh, that's tonight. These are going to be some interesting results. I'm going to be watching Colorado, Seattle. I want to see how they, they, they come into this thing. I'd love to see Seattle have a better run this time. I do believe they have a pretty good team. Brian Schmetzer is a, a damn good coach. And I, I think if he can just get them motivated and ready and keep them and play smart. He can't come after it. He can't press. He's got he's to be smart tonight. Very smart. Get a goal and get out of there. Get on the plane, get home, and address the next challenge. That's, that's really got to be the case for uh, Seattle and Colorado. You're not going to get as fortunate as Bruce Arena and just get uh, a pass into the quarterfinals through, uh, through a forfeit. Not happening. So get the job done. For the rest of you, Continue to be good human beings out there. Take care of each other, love each other, accept each other, and respect each other. I always say that because if you do those two things, you're off to a good start at being a good guy or a good woman. Either way, we'll hear you next time.